Hi and welcome to a new episode of the State of the Net podcast. I'm Paolo Valdemarini. And I'm Ewan Sample. And the news of yesterday, actually, is that uh, IBM is uh, leaving the face recognition business. Yeah, it seemed like a big, a big thing, didn't it? Or a very bold statement. Well, it is interesting the fact that you know such a large company is uh, positioning themselves in that. Basically, they're basically trying to move their business in a safer place and not just saying that they will try to do it right. They're just saying there's no way to do this right, so we're yeah. not going to do it. Yeah. And and the right, I mean, the, the reason for it, if people aren't aware, was just the, the risks of racial and gender stereotyping and all sorts of mistakes that happen with the facial recognition software. And uh, But as you say, it's, it's just to basically step back and say it's not, basically it's not possible to do it without some problems. Um, I thought it was really interesting. Uh, I was reading, I think yesterday too, an article about a small municipality in Italy, northern Italy, one of those that very hard, you know, league area um, where they have installed a bunch of cameras and with the face recognition technology and they were forced to turn them off um, by because they were violating GDPR. Basically, there is, oh. according to GDPR, there is hardly a good reason to use face recognition ever. Uh, what was interesting was that the, the the technology for the face recognition and the cameras was provided by Huawei. Interesting. <laughs> and it's one of those things saying, yeah, I can yeah. see why mm. they have yeah. it. Yeah. And yeah, no, it doesn't sound, I, I don't probably, I don't want to have that. I, on the other hand, I'm, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what's happened here. I mean, with, you know, will the UK keep respecting GDPR? In terms of in terms of Brexit, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, this is a country with the highest number of camera per person than anywhere. I mean, London, there is a camera anywhere, everywhere. I know, and it's just so. So, for instance, my my daughter's just started doing some work for the NHS, supporting the extra work that's coming out through COVID, and it's data entry stuff that she's doing. But the questions that they were asking her about her own background and her own health. She was quite happily answering them, but I'm bouncing up and down in the background going, that's outrageous, you're only doing a temporary sort of relief job, why are they asking you that? And she was wondering why I was so bothered, and I said, well, because that will end up on a database somewhere, and with your name on it, and that will stick, and it'll be in the system, and who knows, 5, 10, 15 years down the line, you know, it just, it, the whole, the whole thing worries me, Paolo. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I thought it was interesting how the solution that IBM took was, let's just not do this. Because yeah. that is a pretty good way of staying away from problems. Yeah. I think it's also par- partly, and I think, you know, we're, I know we're going to go in and talk about Facebook and algorithms and stuff, but it's it's the same sort of issue, isn't it? It's the whole thing of coding value decisions into a system isn't it and and the vagaries of that and who gets to code it and who gets to decide it and once the system starts trundling off on its own what are the consequences isn't it 
Well, I guess that the you know the issue as usual is, can you just not do it like IBM, or mm. do you try to do it right? And if you try to do it right, it will probably make mistake and do it wrong. But you know yeah. you're trying to do something. I mean, the 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 last week since we recorded, there it has been a a number of things happen on Facebook and social media and. I mean, I had a friend who just decided to walk away from Facebook, deleted his account, deleted his, uh, stopped using WhatsApp and Instagram. I mean, all Facebook's Facebook product in protest against Facebook, mm -hmm. which I think is, I don't know, I don't have such strong feelings, to be honest, against Facebook at the moment i think they're accused of a whole bunch of things that sometimes maybe they're true but i don't think they they are i think they are honest mistakes uh, something sometimes i think that just they had no idea what they were doing and they are probably responsible but i don't think i'm ready to just walk away from two billion other people <laughs> no that's that's the issue isn't it i mean i i saw a story briefly so i don't know how true it turns out to be that that they were they had said publicly that they are going to fund the trump campaign or the republican campaign maybe it was more precisely but trump by any other name and uh you know that gave me another pause for thought but i i, I, I haven't like, read that yeah i mean like, like you there are so Yes, the, I, the reason I got involved in social media in the first place was to have interesting conversations with interesting people, and the place where that happens is ninety percent Facebook these days. Um, and I'm also conscious that if we don't stay in there, we are, we miss the opportunity to make it what it can be. Um, even down to sort of micro decisions, you know, like there's a couple of folks. I mean, I've got I'm proud of the fact I've got a network of that includes some people that are very different from me and see the world very differently from me. And that's, that's, you know, something I'm happy with, I want. But frankly, sometimes over some of what's been happening over the last few weeks, it's testing me, you know. And I've just got so... I've actually muted one guy, but I've got so close to just unfriending people. But then I thought, well, no, because then they don't change. You know, and I, and I went through the whole thing of should I mention it? Should I talk to them directly? And then I thought, ah, it's just going to wind them up more. And I, maybe we mentioned this last time, but just the, the the fact of being in Facebook and behaving differently and making it obvious that you have a different perspective than them, I think is is the only thing we can do. And to stop doing that would seem like running away from the problem. You know. Yeah, well, I read that you have decided that you stop liking things. <laughs> yeah, that was a slightly. Uh, um, attention-grabbing headline, which caused all sorts of confusion because I didn't mean I wasn't going to like other people's posts. But what I was reacting to was, you know, as I say, I'm lucky. I get lo quite long comment threads sometimes. And I was aware that me liking or not liking comments in the thread was almost like a sort of scoring thing, you know, like, um, oh, I like you because you agree with me and I don't like you because you, you don't agree with me. And I'm sure, I know there were some people were sort of tallying up who'd got the most likes from me and, and this, or, or each other, you know. So I decided not to. And it's, it's been really interesting, actually. It's been a week or so. And I, and I, it's because I'm not allowed, I've not allowed myself to like something. It makes you realise just how easy it is just to click like or whatever. And I'm making myself respond. 
And actually, I've had some cracking conversations that I would have missed because I would have just done the easy thing of liking a, a comment rather than engaging with it. But, uh, yeah, as I say, some people misinterpreted it as me not liking anybody else's posts. But, hey, <laughs> you, you can write a blog post as carefully as you can and people still get the wrong end of it. Yeah, well, there is always some... Uh, speaking of misinterpretation, uh, a, a friend of mine last week or posted a tweet, I think, um, which was... Uh, you know, a humorous thing that it would have been easy to misinterpret. And, I mean, he's known enough to... Basically, his tweet started taking a life of its own and uh, it ended up being retweeted and somehow commented by very prominent politicians, which, of course, created a Twitter lynch mob of people threatening yeah. him with... Uh, I mean, like, serious disturbing stuff and uh, and he wrote a very good post blog post uh, saying you know what happens when a famous politician picks up your your you know decide to pick the pick a battle with you yeah and it's um i i think one of the interesting things was how he was saying you know you get all these attacks through social media and clearly social media platforms don't do anything about it yeah, and I was thinking, look, you know, and, and this is people writing with their own names, and I'm pretty sure that was not the first time it happened. I mean, yeah. if social media platform wanted to have a more healthy environment, they could just throw out at people. And there are there are laws for that. I mean, that's so. This is like it's interesting because we've been writing this so many times, and I I am as you know wary of Facebook wading in and. Deciding morality and ethics and the cultural consequences of that would be horrendous. But there are laws that say you're not allowed to threaten people and you're not allowed to slander people. <laughs> you know, you have written evidence. It's not hard. Oh uh, yeah, no. But do you, what do you do? You think that getting involved with the Italian judicial system is something that anybody really wants to do? <laughs> no, well, that's you true. To, you sue somebody because of a post. I mean, yeah, you can, and, and some people. Well, no, do, you just but, you just have the sort of rules that Twitter exercised with the president, for God's sake, you know. But, but, yeah, but again, that is that that uh, that sort of unclear space where you know it's not illegal to post fake news. So it's not a problem of the law, it's a problem of the rules of the platform. If a platform decided this... So it's not illegal to share a photo of a nipple. It's just something that Facebook has decided it is not valid. It, yeah, but so, so that, is, Twitter. that is problematic. But the thing about the Twitter one and the Trump thing was it was an incitement to violence. Which is against... It could be held up in court or such, and that's a, that's a, that's a law. Mm, I'm not sure. I think that it go falls under free speech to some degree. It's it's uh, it's it's. I think mm. the main reason why Twitter Twitter posted a comment is it was against the community rules. And uh, Benjamino, you know, the co-founder of State of the Net, uh, just posted uh, an article today um, about this, and his position was clearly against Facebook doing anything. His position is, uh, you know, it's our responsibilities as citizens to decide what is right and what is wrong is and what is true and what is not, and it's not the responsibility of a publicly yeah. traded which company I, which I to do this for us. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. 
but that doesn't so where I where that stops for me is is intimidation or threat. You can talk all the shit you like, but if you start threatening somebody on the basis of it, then that that to me is a clear line that's been crossed. I I, I would agree, but uh, I guess that to some degree companies are are not doing anything about that, but that because that is part of their business. Yeah. Because uh, you know some tension creates attention, creates Oof, uh, engagement, sure. yeah. and people come back yep. to to see because everybody likes it. Everybody likes a good fight, right? Yeah. So. It's, you know, it's tricky, but I do think that, uh, as we said many times, this is not just uh, the, the moment Facebook is not um, doing anything about the flow. I guess that the point is Facebook is doing something anyway because the moment they have algorithms that promote yes, some type decisions. of content right. and not, right. Facebook they are making decisions they're just yep. deciding that they don't want to decide about that but they keep deciding about other things the yeah. other things they are deciding about actually have an influence about that and finding a line or even a, you know a very wide gradient to position yourself is very hard but on the other hand you know it's the first time it happens and uh, they are trying to figure this out i also agree personally with some of the controversial things that uh, mark zuckerberg said in terms of you know i don't i don't want to be the one that does yeah. that job yeah. and uh, you know i i, can I don't see want him to be either yeah well, it's 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 uh, uh, probably one of the problems that we have is that uh, it's so polarized and so easy to get. So a lot of the people that get very upset about Facebook, I think that you know should get less upset about shit in life in general and not just about Facebook. Well, as we were saying this last time, weren't we, about getting triggered and using it as a practice to to just keep a but there keep is, a detachment from things yeah yeah i mean i i think that there are i mean there are some difficult decisions but i think that sometimes they just overdo it i mean hbo just removed to gone with the wind from their catalog and i kind yeah. of saying okay i mean i don't think that anybody would interpret the company has been a racist company. I mean, this is a movie that was, it's a, you know, a, a human creation that represents uh, how people were thinking at some time. It's not by hiding it that you solve anything. No. Actually. No, uh, for but, sure. Yeah. And I mean, to some degree, I have the, a similar feeling about statues. I mean, oh, now we need to pull down all statues. And it's like, yeah, I mean, these were evil people. They were racist, but they were part of history of, you know, this country, that country, whichever other country. So, you know, let's update the plaque and say this is a this is a statue of a bloody racist. Um, but removing it so you don't offend exactly whom? I mean, put up more well, statues was, of other people. What, what, well, okay, my reading of understanding of it not so much that it was offending people as that it was it's inappropriate to celebrate people like that publicly it's it's so i i 
I agree with you that I think you can't just go back and sanitise history, not least because, you know, even the good guys have got compromise and, you know, there's very few politicians managed to get through a career without doing something dodgy, frankly. Um, and trying to rewrite history is always a sort of iffy thing, but that's different from a publicly visible celebration of a person who... You know, it's different, I think, subtly, but different. I mean, have it in a museum, have it somewhere private, have the, you know. Well, why? I mean, leave it there so that everybody can see that it's some Well, that's point true. I mean, certainly we, none of, very few of us would have known about the bastard if it hadn't but, been for that well, statue, exactly. you know? So, so, but, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, so what are we doing? Are we, are we hiding the fact that this happened? Well, I mean, I would say leave it there. That is a statue that celebrated racism you know we have to yeah. put it there not because we think it's a good thing but because we think it's a bad thing and we need to be aware of it yeah. i think that hiding everything that you don't like i have you know no, i'd agree it, it's agree. it's against you're trying to turn the real world in uh, you know your facebook stream where you just don't see anything you don't like and uh, yeah, maybe we should see a little bit more stuff that we don't like, and you know, be uncomfortable about things. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, and you know, as you know, I think that's partly why we've ended up in the pickle we have, because you know, media and, and, and other forces have conditioned us to expect things to be okay and happy and smiley and have lots of stuff and holidays. You know, as we're for, for, you know discovering in spades at the moment, life's not like that. Um, and a lot of people are kind of ill-prepared for it. I think that's partly what's happening as well. People are reacting because they're scared, you know, and, and I think in the States, you know, there's an awful lot of different pressures have built up over a while that this is this is triggering. It's not just the race thing. There's other things behind it as well. And Is it maybe the fact that uh, it's so easy to find some... Th- Thing to be offended about that uh, it is a very good way not to understand and if you yeah. want to share other people's problems because yeah. it's, it's it's like the completely idiotic you know all life matters i mean it's like no no you just don't <laughs> get it just shut I up know. and listen right i know <laughs> It was Billy Eilish, the, the, the young singer, said something about, you know, if you're in the playground and somebody falls over and hurts their knee, you don't put a plaster on everybody's knee. You put it on the one that's bleeding, you know. But I, I, I do think that uh, because it's so easy to find something offensive for you, you can afford not to be concerned about other people's problems. Yeah. I think that if we were to you know, develop a little bit of a thicker skin and uh, and be able to say, okay, you know, today we think, we, we try to share, you know, today we all share that problem. Today we all think about that. And even if I'm not part of that group, it's worth for me trying to put myself in that perspective and try to yeah. understand that rather than finding something else that offends me so I can complain as well. Yes. Because this is, you know, it's like when you meet those people and you start telling them about one of your problems and they immediately start to tell them, tell you about their problem and how they had a bigger problem than you have. And it's like, 
Yeah, but I thought we were talking about my problem today, right? Uh, there is, it's so easy to find something to be offended about or to be upset about or to, you know, to, be, to want to complain about that, mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, we, we should, we should shut up more instead of sitting here and pontificating on podcasts. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. Bye-bye. The thing is, sharing. People, you know, I get slightly frustrated when people are disparaging of sharing ideas or conversations or thinking out loud or whatever we're doing at the moment. And you know, we've talked before about the amazing effect somebody like Joe Rogan's podcast having on a whole bunch of people who would never have listened to some of the stuff that he's introducing them to. Um, and I would maintain that it's not idle, it's not just avoiding problems or wasting time it's the only way the problems get sorted is to talk about them and think about them and have other people hear you doing so and spreading ideas because otherwise you just step back and leave it to the the people who will quite happily manipulate any message or any platform in order to get their way, you know Um, even if it's just taking the sting out of their message by distracting people, you know I do agree that more points of view it's not a bad thing and you know trying to get a little bit more diversity in the creation is useful yeah yeah <laughs> speaking of creation did you read the story about the guy who basically sat on his phone and accidentally started broadcasting on facebook and then for the following 30 minutes was commenting black Lives matter um riots on tv with racial slurs and oh, <laughs> stuff no. it was like he went for on for an it's like goggle box going horribly discussing, wrong discussing with his wife <laughs> broadcasting this live until he picked up the phone and he kind of realized and he, of course the, the the screen is full of comment of people insulting <sighs> him and he kind of said oops and and stopped the the broadcast which of course was recorded and everybody fantastic <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that that so going back to the comments about your friend and the, the bullying politician and whatever it it still feel I I worry when people talk about running away from it, turning it off, giving up on it. It still feels like a missed opportunity, and part of that missed opportunity, as you rightly said, is facing up to our darker side and things that we maybe think we can get away with in private, but when you try and do them in public, you get other people finding it outrageous, and you know that still still feels like a worthwhile, a shame to lose, you know. Yeah, I think that the challenge is finding that that right balance between publicity and uh, I think that what is still not right on on social networks like Facebook or Twitter is that they still have a very prominent public side. So they are yes. publishing platforms because on other type of social networks uh, where where incidentally more younger people spend time you have a closed network yeah so you know very often you have a network of people you actually know and if you're not part of the network you are 
you know you can't see what happens so in that case you know you might have a flexible network you can have a network that grows but still it's somehow under control you can keep lynch bombs out yeah um, I think that the dynamics that you have on Facebook or on Twitter were, and, and to, to, to be honest, you know, people like my friend, they, they made the fact of being very public, uh, you know, yes, part they were of playing their, the game themselves. Yeah. Uh, they're playing a game. I mean, uh, and to be honest, he wasn't complaining about, uh, about no. this. He was just saying, you know, this happened to me. Um, but, uh, I mean, I've only seen very little of that i mean there have been a few instances back in the day where some of stuff i did were became sort of popular and honestly i don't want to deal with the consequences no. of that i no, mean I, it's I, like I, I, yeah. I i don't care i'm just i just feel bad and it's not worth well it. even the modest amount of sometimes uh angst i'll, I'll get on facebook i i yeah i do feel nostalgic for the old days of blogging you know, and, I, and I'm sometimes tempted just to sort of pull out of all the social networks and just go back to writing my blog. And if people find me, they find me, and they're probably people who've made the effort to do so. And for that reason, maybe, well, well I know, would foster better conversations and better networks. I mean, I'm, I'm really quite close to doing that. And I, and I <laughs> it's funny, because remember in the early days, well, not the early days, but in blogging, people would make a big thing of, I'm giving up blogging and big blog posts about why, and then, you know, a month later, they'd be back. So I've always had that slight wariness of announcing my departure on Facebook. But in thinking through what I would do if I did leave Facebook, it felt rude <laughs> to walk away, you know, from a couple of thousand people that I know on there who, who've been patient enough to put up with me and listen and talk to me, you know, so it, it I think if I did go, I'd have to make some sort of explanatory post. But there is also, I mean, I, I, I'm, I must say, I'm mostly thinking, I'm not too concerned about, oh, oh my God, people won't be able to read what I write. That's going to be terrible, probably because, yeah. I mean, I haven't really been writing much. I mean, lately I wrote 20 posts, but I mean, it's not, so I'm not so concerned as a, I, I'm mostly interested. I'm mostly saying, if I leave Facebook, it, mean, it means I won't be able to read. Well, a whole bunch of people I like post yeah. regularly, yeah. and I'm not going to try to convince them to. Oh, why don't you open your own blog post? So in your own yeah, blog, yeah. so then I can follow you. It's like not just not going to happen. Yeah. So my, my problem with leaving Facebook would not be, oh, you know, I, I'm, I'm leaving my audience behind. It, it would be. I'm leaving friends behind, and I'd like them. And well, just know, to, just to clarify, I, I wasn't saying that either. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, no. I meant but, friends. Uh, you know, but yeah, but uh, you know, it's it's. I, I kind of realized as we were talking because you know last week I was saying you know if I if I if it wasn't for Facebook nobody would come and read my blog. I mean the the way I I actually turned on the email subscription as you recommended, and I told everybody if you want you can subscribe here, and no one did. <laughs> um, so I still have one email subscriber, which is myself. When I tested the system, oh, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll go. I'll go and subscribe by email, Paul. You, you probably. I'll make up a fake email address just so that you know. <laughs> an anonymous friend. That's right. <laughs> um, so it's it's to, but, but uh, yeah what i was saying i'm not so much concerned about people not reading me uh, it's also you know i wouldn't be able to see you know 
there are a whole bunch of relatives and uh, friends yeah. and uh, people I've met over the years that uh, post interesting stuff. Well, but that's so it's interesting. There's a guy, Tim Nahamuk, I can never quite say his name, but he he's very knowledgeable and posts a lot about drafts. And uh, he wrote a blog post recently about how he's getting back into blogging. And he said it's because he realised that actually the, the the person he does it for is him. You know, there's something about... And yes, you could keep a private journal, but it feels slightly different, even if there's the remote possibility of somebody else reading it. And it's... That's the same for me. I mean, I, I would blog even if nobody read it. Um, oh yeah, I mean, uh, writing in public is a is a is a very good exercise. I mean, it's yeah. uh, makes uh, you think harder, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, I I realized that I even since I started blogging again in the last you know couple of months, the amount of time I spent thinking and trying to form sentences and say, oh. I could, I could, I could say that and that. that well, no, actually, if I do that, it's funnier. Then I'm gonna put. I mean, I kind of try to write these, you know, medium-sized posts with uh, two, three concepts and a photo, and I kind of spend a lot of time thinking. Oh, I can do that, that, and it's, it's, it's a very enjoyable process. And and, and to be honest, yes, I, I can't really say that I don't care if anybody reads it or not because uh, okay i can say i don't care if anybody reads it but i'm way happier when more people read it than when they don't so it's probably do care actually let's say that i don't think i'm ready to walk away from all of this yeah i mean this this is i was going to say it's a once in a lifetime opportunity but it's a once ever opportunity as far as we know i mean there's never been this ability to connect millions of people across all sorts of boundaries and have these real-time conversations and walking off fed up because they're not the conversations you'd like them to be just seems a bit of a shame really instead of staying there trying to improve them and, and being part of this thing and working out as we as we get better at it hopefully yeah i mean even if as some said this is a toxic swamp i mean it's our toxic swamp i mean and i want to see <laughs> yeah. how it goes so yeah i think that on this optimistic note we can wrap today's episode and we'll see you next time and don't give up